Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 90 Day Fiance Rehab Up Podcast. We're here today to talk all about 90 Day Fiance. The other way, episode 13 of season three, and then also later on, Night of Fiance, The Single Life, season two, episode two. I am, of course, your host and conductor of the Hot Mess Express, please, Anne Vakili. As always, excited to talk about mess. And today, I've brought the ambassador of mess, the governor of talking about mess. You may know him as one half of your co-host of the Love Island Rahap Up podcast, and also one half of your co-host on the Challenge podcast over on the Dom and Colin Network. It is the one, the only, back for the second time this season, Brian Scally here with us today. Scally, how are you doing? Hello, hello, Puya. Thank you for having me back. I am very excited to talk about not just this episode, but this season. I am absolutely thrilled that you got me into it. And uh, I've stuck with it all of this way through. So can't wait to uh, break down these six couples that we have here. I love it. I love it. the fact that you've kept up with the season after your appearance at the start of the season. I was like, yeah, we need to know where Scally's going because like, this is your first experience with the show. So I'm actually curious what you've thought and where you've gone with it. And a lot has happened since we last spoke, obviously. So let's right out the gate. Tell me overall, what's been the experience you've had watching this season? It's been great. So coming in with this being my first season, I was very hesitant to jump into 90 Day Fiance because I am a completionist. I like starting everything from the beginning, but it's been like way better than expected. They, like you say, do a great job of catching you up on anything that you do need to know. And also having this podcast as a companion piece uh, definitely helps a lot in that. So it has been phenomenal to get to know like these couples and you know i would say phenomenal for entertainment horrible in other ways uh to get to know these right. couples but um <laughs> i am very much enjoying my, the ride for sure i'm glad i'm very happy you are scally yeah no and if anyone here uh who's listening knows like literally every season is so full of not only flashbacks of stuff that happened during the season but also their other appearances as far as the couples in this season are concerned, you will know everything you need to know about them. And then obviously we'll pepper in stuff when we get there, which is great. Now I have an idea of where we want to go with, with today's order and talk here. So let's start with the couple that we didn't really get to hear about 
last week. Let's talk about Steven and Alina today. Now, they kind of throw us into their storyline, and Steven and Alina are getting all their documents ready to get married. Are you in the same camp as me? Are you surprised that he was able to successfully keep Alina this far into the relationship? Just floored. <laughs> like, I thought they had taken, like, a couple episodes off or had, like, lighter content. And I was like, ah, because they don't get married in the end. We're going to be fine. But no, somehow Steven has tricked all of us and Alina along the way. Uh, and they are still together here. And, like, really, maybe, you know, besides one other couple, like, the closest to walking down the aisle in terms of timelines. So uh, it has been quite the journey seeing Alina just, like, seemingly pretty determined and Steven just like very hesitant uh, as far as we're being portrayed. I think that Alina might be like convincing herself of it a little more than uh, she actually is ready, but it has been a interesting journey for these two to say the least. Yeah. I, this has been an interesting season in that I don't get what I want and it bothers me. Mm -hmm. I don't want these two to end up together. That's my one. That's my request. But that's not going to happen. And, you know, we see another scene of Alina talking about, you know, I'm worried that if we don't get married and we don't go to Russia, he'll go back to the U.S. and he'll start communicating with other girls. I'm like, if the threat is that thin, that if if it's that thin, that it, if you don't get married, the, all of this worry is going to happen, then you shouldn't get married. Like, if it's that it's close, you shouldn't get married. It, the fact that like it was like I am so terrified he is going to cheat on me I already know he's talking to other girls so then he can't have social media and everything is fine and I will get married to him it's like well he tried to murder me but we threw away the plastic knives so I feel pretty comfortable <laughs> at this point <laughs> like what is going on I just you've had every example lay itself in front of you that you could want you're seeing the red flags you're choosing to ignore them it is a real problem for Alina here it really is. And then so now they're on their way to go to the um to the office where they need to hand over all this document to to get a wedding appointment. And she's told us already she really wants to go back to Russia. So she's all about doing this. Steven, on the other hand, they're at the office and he's like, you know, feeling hot, sweating it out, not really like, you know, like squirming in a seat. And they were like, oh, you know, because they only have three weeks between now and when their tourist visa expires. So they don't have much time. And for all they know, they get there and the guy's like, yeah, you, uh, four weeks from now, we have an appointment. So they're given a date. They're given Wednesday at five o'clock, which we find out was two days from where they're sitting. Literally, they're going to get married in two days. Two days away. Like, uh, I am just, you're watching him physically squirm mm -hmm. throughout the entire episode. First of all, I loved him again. Could not go two seconds without a snack. Had to eat an apple in the car. Also asking permission to take off his sweater. Like, do you think I can do that? Like, stop. Just sit still. You're fine. So like, he's very clearly uncomfortable the whole way through. And like, they both see this. They feel like they're both like, oh, if only there was a way that we could have more time. It's like, there is, there is a way <laughs> you both want this. I don't know why you're both uh, forcing yourselves, but you know what? The two days comes and I don't know that either of them is going to back down at this point. I feel like they're just so committed to like not backing down that they're going to go through with it. Right. I just feel like it's, it's the, the train has left the station. You know, like, there's no way 
at this point, they're not just going to give it a shot and see where it takes them. But then Steven's dumbass is giving us a confessional and he's talking about how, yeah, you know, two days is not enough to plan a wedding. And all I could think is, my guy, Steven, you are not doing a wedding. You are getting married. It is different. So mm-hmm. don't act like this is the big issue here of, oh, what are we going to do in two days? You both knew what kind of like marriage you're going to have. You're going to get married for the purposes of then you moving to another country. And then that's where you maybe have another ceremony. So that that rubbed me the wrong way because sometimes I feel like in these 90-day uh, couples, one half is like, oh, but we can't have, we can't plan the wedding possibly in two days, but you're getting married at the courthouse. Like you're not doing a big, big, big thing this time kind of thing. So and that I did. There's, there's a way to like, if you want to get married at the courthouse and like have something else, like that's fine. You can worry about either like a separate reception ceremony, whatever you want to do and have it then. Or if he was so worried about having like enough time to plan his wedding, then start this process a lot earlier into this trip. Like you could plan it before you go. You could plan it as you're there. And just like, I know that he was hesitant all the way through and it's just another excuse more so than it is an actual concern for him. I think. Exactly. Uh, We don't like excuses around these parts. We really Mm -hmm. don't. All right. So we get one more scene from them. And now it's the next day. So, you know, sometimes with these couples, the the next scene is like three weeks from then. This is the next day. And um, Alina's gone out wedding dress shopping and she has hired a, a, a wedding planner to help her who speaks Russian, who can help her with the translation process. And she mentions that you know, as far as the wedding dress goes, if she cared about what a traditional wedding dress was, she would have done her wedding in Russia. So she doesn't really care about that part. She wants to get a dress that makes sense for the situation she's in. So she gets what I can only describe as a more traditional, maybe Turkish wedding dress or like addition to the wedding dress. Um, What did you think of Alina's wedding dress option? Well, first of all, what a great job for the wedding planner who has to do two days work and probably charges quite the fee. So good job for her. (laughs) And then second, I love, I actually really do like this where they're like, actually, this is not a Turkish, is this a Turkish wedding dress? But really, like, this is what the bride would typically wear the night before the wedding. And Lena's like, I don't care. I like this. I'm wearing this to the ceremony. And like, any dress can be a wedding dress. And especially like you're already like they're doing it in Turkey without their family within two days. So like wear what's going to make you happy. <laughs> and so like yeah. she finds what she wants and like good for her. I'm happy for her in this. Point I know. Regard. And like, you know, I, for our marriage, Liana wore a sundress. I wore literally a winter coat and a hat. And like, that was our wedding clothes. Like you can make anything happy, be wedding clothes, but this is very, I, I did like what she picked out a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was cool. And I, I like that, you know, I wasn't sure um, if the, if she would, you know, I wasn't sure how much like Turkey meant to her that she was going with a traditional Turkish dress. But you know what? Like she signed up for it. She was down to do it and it looked good. So good for her. Exactly. 10 out of 10. And then she talks to her mom as well. And it's very clear, Scally, that her mom is so upset that she's not there to celebrate it that none of their family's there to celebrate it Mm -hmm. i don't like i think it is like 
probably like 60% that she's not there for it and 40% that it's Steven. Maybe you could flip those two percentages. Uh, I think it's 40, 60. Yeah. In some, some manner, it's definitely 40. It's at least 40, 60. So, um, it's like she's already not thrilled. She brings up like he's breaking his command commandments already. You can stop this. Just come home. And I don't think that she is saying like, stop this come home and we'll plan it later it's like uh i'll talk you out of it once you get home (laughs) she is not on board here yeah mom's on a mission when alina gets back home and that mission is steven's temporary and he will not be here too long Mm -hmm. so that does make me like interested i could keep watching ultimately i would prefer they not get married but if they do i feel like the dynamic it's tv worthy i'm not complaining about their presence on the season season as much as steven like weirds me out um and makes me uncomfortable <laughs> personally uh, i don't want to watch him but the dynamic is interesting enough so uh you know it it makes for good tv at least yeah and, and you know that's really all we're looking for here so we'll take what we can get but that kind of le- leaves us to the end of the steven alina storyline uh the next time on dude this is what i want to talk about with you <laughs> This is the most unhinged next time on we've ever seen, in my humble opinion. So, Steven walks out of his, like, Airbnb they're staying at with four, like, cat kennel cage things. (laughs) And he's like, well, since, you know, we don't have family here, I'm going to invite the neighborhood cats to our wedding. And he's trying to corral these cats from the park to these cages to take to the wedding. (laughs) (laughs) like i get it cat cow's a legend i would love to hang out with cat cow but it is like unrealistic to think that they're gonna be allowed to even like bring them in or even around i would presume um is he planning on just like letting them all out to enjoy the ceremony at which point they like scram immediately um you know steven is an interesting guy uh to say the least i have not understood many of his choices this season uh, and this one I feel like is right in line with what I would expect. I didn't see it coming, but I would say I'm like surprised, not shocked, given that it's Steven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of those things where it's like, he dumb, but like, this makes sense for him. And also, I don't <laughs> mind it. I don't, ultimately, here's the thing. I'm going to dunk on him first. And then I'm going to be like, I think it's, I like you having the cats there. I, I do like that. But you, again, trying to imprison these cats last <laughs> second to then take them over to your flipping um, wedding. I don't care. Are you allowed to do this? I don't know. I don't know what the what the situation is with the legality of it all. Yeah, I can't imagine he's going to bring them inside. But like, <laughs> like I don't think that they're going to take well these like outdoor cats to being confined in spaces like they're no. going to be like howling like- <laughs> through the ceremony. <laughs> I honestly I want that because I'll tell you this when we take our cats to the vet or when we moved our cats they meow like they've <laughs> never meowed and they're usually quiet it's a lot <laughs> you know uh it could be better like drown out steven it'll be good lena will have her <laughs> friends around her like at least she'll have some familiar faces <laughs> so that's the best yeah. she's got at this point no my favorite part of all of this is going to be when the uh, uh the sermon goes like is, does anyone object to this wedding and you hear <laughs> seven cats let out meow! 
No, don't do it. Alina's <laughs> mom has hired the cats to, <laughs> to object. Exactly. <laughs> They're stand-ins. They're you know they're doing their job as Alina stand-ins. That's perfect. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right. So that brings us to the end of the Stephen Alina storyline here, but that's okay. We've got plenty of places to go. So let's go to one that we don't care about. Let's go to Corey and Evelyn here. Um, I'm boldly deciding for you that you don't care about them, but <laughs> Scally, take it away. What, what, what are we, what are we, where are we at with them? Oh my God. I can't stand either of them. So I, I don't like either of them at all. I just like watching them. I agreed with Jason's take at one point that like this stuff actually happened, but like, are you replaying that for the TV show? And then like mm. pretending to do a jump ahead. Cause like the timeline was like weird for me. Neither of them seemed like super genuine. And I don't know if that's just cause they're like used to the cameras having been on another season or two. Um, I just didn't, vibe with them or like fully feel like they were being genuine 100% of the time and that could just be them like knowing what is like decent television having been on a couple times um but i'm still not enjoying them <laughs> i want them to go away <laughs> uh like many bad things are happening in this episode for them and i just like don't feel bad <laughs> like i'm like i don't care like uh, i also would not come to your wedding so like it's understandable from that perspective yeah, no, from that perspective, it, it makes sense. But no, honestly, man, it's like, it's one of those things where they literally look like, okay, they're over. Evelyn can't even look him in the face. She's kicked him to the curb. And then like by the next episode, okay, maybe we can like become friends again. And then the third episode, he reproposes and like everything's fine. And mm -hmm. the thing is, they say everything's fine, but then everything's not really fine because she doesn't want to get a religious marriage going. He doesn't think that's the whole thing. But then this whole episode was basically the Corey pity party because not only do I not care about the show, them too. Not only do you not care about them too, 
Dude, no one from his life wants to be at his wedding. And that is how they're trying to make it look. I personally find it to be more so about COVID than anything. That's what I think. Because I don't know if you know the exact dates this filmed, but like, I don't get the sense that Corey is like the most concerned with COVID. Um, Clearly not. Especially with how he's talking about it. He's like, I would do anything to be there. It's like, yeah, like you might, but like other people aren't really traveling right now, Corey. It's like, maybe push the wedding back three months and you'll have your family there. But he's like, I like, I, it just feels like people are making excuses. It's like COVID is kind of a big excuse. Like, I don't think they're making it up. Exactly. And then like, that's the, that's the thing for me. So, there was a moment. So basically the, where we get this information from is Corey is on like Skype or whatever with his brother and he's talking to his brother. And, you know, he mentions how are you coming to the wedding? Like what's the deal there? And the brother says, unfortunately, no, I will not be able to make it. And he mentions, you know, with the cope with pandemic going on, like I'm not really comfortable doing that. And there were some other parts to it. Like obviously in this very phone call, um, his brother brings up that they feel separated since the relationship with Evelyn and they showed us the flashback of how last time Evelyn, when Evelyn was staying with them in the States before they moved here, Evelyn would not talk to the family, would isolate herself and would just not interact. And that caused a divide because then she ended up forcing Corey's hand to move. So that stuff came up later. But it was very clear that the pandemic is what was the main driver for not just the brother, but like other people in the family. Because then the other thing that was cited was that, yeah, if dad was still alive, like mom would have been willing to come down or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, Corey, you just got to understand what, what times you're in right now. Like that's really the top, like the up and down of it. But then also beyond all of this, he kept trying to make again, make it a pity party to the camera. And I was not having it at all. There were times where I went back and forth. Like when they said, Oh, like I've been down here the past like three to four years and no one has come. And I was like, Oh, that is a long time. And I was like, wait, but also like no one saw COVID coming. So like they could have been like, mm-hmm. we're coming in three months and uh, sorry, can't come. Like it's like, it's not going to happen. Like, well, people, make plans uh, or like you know like always are like well i can do it later and obviously now they can't so i don't know that they were never planning on coming within three to four years but obviously that has not been possible the other thing too is if you know if i'm Corey's family and i watched those flashbacks where evelyn's in the car on the way to the airport and it's like no you know what i'm ha- i'm you're not gonna lie i'm not happy to say goodbye, but I'm so happy to leave. I'm so happy to get out of this place. And like, this place is an isolated, like, I feel like I'm alone. And then we've seen the family make an effort to try and like get to know her and, and have her feel included. Then I would feel maybe, you know, some kind of negative way. But then also, if you, you were watching the show, they're both horrible people. But then they, the show always portrays it as Evelyn is this alpha and Corey's the dumb puppy that has to obey her. And that is not a good dynamic to present for the family either. And then especially if Corey's dumbass also is failing to keep in touch with the family, that's, she's an easy scapegoat. And I feel like even he was trying to scapegoat her in, in this mm-hmm. uh, situation with them not being able to see his family. Yeah, I agree. And that's one thing that like 
I feel like it's kind of hard to give context having not seen like the other seasons, but like also just knowing them as people is like how much is like him scapegoating versus like their actual dynamic. Uh, it is like interesting where he is like, well, I don't, I feel like everyone just like makes the decisions for you. Him being mad is saying this, uh, and everyone just makes the decisions for you. And like at points, like where she decides, like, I don't actually like this part of the U S it's not somewhere like I would choose to leave. Like either you move with me or like, this is over. Like, that's a fair call. Like she has no mm-hmm. obligation to move for him. But then at the same time where we're getting into like, um, actually the wedding is on my time, on my schedule, exactly what I want. You can't have anyone there that I don't like. It's like, okay, well then maybe she is like a little bit making decisions here. So, yeah. uh, I'm a little back and forth with how like valid anyone really is in their convictions. Right. It's just, I, it's amazing how they forced us to talk about them for 13 episodes. Cause I don't care about any of them. Mm-hmm. I'm not rooting for them. I don't want to keep putting, you know, their names in my mouth, but this is the assignment. We're here to complete it. Let's talk about the next scene now. So the next scene is, uh, Corey is meeting up with his friend Raul. Raul, if you remember, is the guy who he told all the Jenny stuff about too. And she, he, Raul said, if you don't tell Evelyn, I will. So Raul is also the same person that hosted Corey when Corey got kicked to the curb. So they've apparently had a falling out the last couple months and Raul is not invited to the wedding. And the reason this is happening is simply because Corey was invited to a lunch with Raul and then for this lunch, Raul invited two women to go with them. Both women were in relationships and it was just a platonic lunch, but they put all this on the gram. And this is when Evelyn was mad at Corey. So then Evelyn saw all this stuff and she got very mad at Corey. And then I'm assuming Corey kind of laid all the blame on Raul and mm-hmm. to like make everything better. But then Evelyn couldn't shake that feeling. I was like, yeah, Raul can't come to the wedding. So this was maybe the wildest, but also the funniest scene for me in the episode, because (laughs) (laughs) like, first of all, (laughs) like, I'm just like, let's attack. First of all, that Raul was the guy who had Evelyn's back, who was like, you need to tell her this or I'm going to. And then like, he catches the stray bullet (laughs) and is not allowed at this wedding anymore when he was like sticking up for her and making sure that Corey was like, quote unquote, like doing the right thing at the time. And like, no, that's not repaid in any manner. Like, she is furious with him, and, like, he is the root of the problems. Like, maybe address the issues with Corey. It's not Raul's fault, like, that this happened. I understand that, like, it shouldn't be as big of a deal if, like, Corey goes and, like, has this luncheon and nothing happens and, like, whatever the case. But Corey's broken trust a number of times, so, like, that should be on mm-hmm. Corey. It should not be on Raul. But the funniest part of the scene for me is, like, we had a falling out and now I'm going to meet up with him and we're going to talk it out. And then Corey's like, yeah, so you're not invited to the wedding. And I was like, then why are we having this scene? Yeah. <laughs> like I thought this was them mending fences. And he was like, I just had to tell you in person, like, no, you're excluded. <laughs> this was so funny. like completely unnecessary. You don't need to meet up with him and waste his time like this. <laughs> It really felt like it was just like to dangle it in front of his eyes for no reason. And also, I'm not going to lie to you, watching Corey try and be like the the heavy and like the, oh, just the heartless one did not, was not a good look for him. It didn't even mm-hmm. suit him. 
So that was laughable to me as well. Um, and then my favorite part, my favorite line of the entire episode was Raul saying, whether I'm invited or not, I'm going to be at that wedding. Ooh. <laughs> like, like, I'm going to be there. I don't care. I don't know why <laughs> Raul wants the, the smoke, but I'm here for it. He's made me interested in the wedding. I like Petty. I like Mass. So I'm excited for it. <laughs> um, I, you know what? Can get behind a wedding crash. Like he deserves to be there for what I've seen. So I am behind Raul. I back him. He should be there and I will support it. And hey, let me tell you this. We're getting that wedding next episode because the next time on, the wedding is going on there. And that's not the only wedding. Next week's episode is just full of weddings. So, mm-hmm. we'll yeah, see. I feel like but this episode was like great for the mess. Next episode, mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to be like good for the feels and the mess. So, <laughs> like, you know, it worked out well for me. I do <laughs> <laughs> like I'm here for 100 percent of the mess. I am sad to be missing out on the like 50 percent of it next time as well. But like, <laughs> I'm glad that I got the 100 percent. I love that you say the feels and the mess when really what you should be saying is. The Kenny and Armando wedding and the mess. <laughs> you know me. You yeah. know me. You knew what I was saying. <laughs> I picked but it up. I also, I liked Corey going full Eeyore here. Where he was like, no one's coming from my side. Not one. No one. Not a single person. No one. Not one person. It's like, okay, we get it. <laughs> like he was waiting for Roll to step in. And like, yeah. I almost think he like wanted him to like, it forced his way into the wedding in front of him, like not just to the camera. <laughs> like he was like hoping for him to take a stand because Corey's obviously not going to. And Raul says he's like, I'm upset that Evelyn is keeping away Corey's like one friend, let alone that they've had the falling out. Like he still feels bad. He feels like Corey should have like anyone there. And like just last week, we saw Evelyn being like, Yeah, my sister that hates you actually despises you and would do anything to keep you away from this wedding. She's going to perform the ceremony, but like your one single friend, no, he can't come. That's what happened. Right. And <laughs> so it's a power imbalance for sure. Yeah. Well, it's like, I don't like Corey, but also I fully feel bad for him in that because not only no one's going to be at his wedding, that's one thing. But then the people there don't like him. So like, mm-hmm. like it's, it's so difficult to be in a room where you know people actively are rooting against you and don't like you. But then to also not have support from your side to like back you up. Yeah. That's not, not a great place to be in. So no, I feel sad for him. Not in the slightest. Yeah. I would take Steven and Alina's wedding over Corey and Evelyn's at this point. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't want to be in Corey's shoes. No, no, definitely not. All right. Let's go over and talk about Ellie and Victor. Keeping this one short, probably, because they have nothing to offer. But let's try and get somewhere, okay? So the last time we saw Ellie and Victor, they were literally in a position where they fought about things and, like, the money. The big thing was the money. He felt like she was constantly bringing up the money as receipts. She brought up that, oh, well, there's no tourism, so we can't really open up our business. And he felt like, hey, listen, the business, you can do that without tourism. That's not a thing that matters. And it was just so uncomfortable. And it just stayed being uncomfortable, Scally. Mm -hmm. This first scene, I was like, no wonder they haven't been in so many episodes. And even when they are, like, it's very limited. This is obviously doomed. Nothing is coming from this. And I thought this was like, the final fight absolutely like we're seeing a relationship end in this moment and 
it felt like maybe it should have, um, but uh, it was just like we were getting basically part like 1.5 of the same fight that we had last week. Like there was no real new information here. It was that like Victor's upset that Ellie is guilt tripping about the money and Ellie doesn't feel like Victor's taking it seriously. Yada, yada, yada. It's like, okay, we saw this last week. Exactly. Enough. I, I just feel like it's rinse and repeat with them a lot mm-hmm. and we're not getting anywhere. You know, it's like, you know, we, when we talked about Steven and Alina, it really did feel like, Oh, we missed a week. Maybe they're not going to get married with them. I've been like, okay, we know nothing's going to happen. We know they're not going to get married. Probably. Why do you keep bringing them back? And mm-hmm. it, when they do bring them back, it's more so about, you know, the, the whole, the category five hurricane, which of course was horrible. But it was mostly that. And then the drama's been this, which is, again, tied to money and stuff. And so this all comes up again, whatever, whatever. Let's move on to the next scene because we already saw this last week. So the next scene, they're trying to reconcile. They're trying to fix everything. Victor offers her a walk on the beach so they can go talk about some stuff. And he, you know, tells her he feels hurt because he thinks that she just cares about the money. And that's all that matters to her. She mentions, well, I think it's more of a miscommunication. That's not really what I mean. And, you know, the whole thing with the, the the tourism thing, Victor brings up, you know, tourism did not exist in this island until 10 years ago. We survived fine. Otherwise, like, it's not all about tourists, which I think last week I mentioned that I felt like, you know, it was more of a, we have good people here. Why do you mm-hmm. need tourists kind of thing? And I felt like this confirmed that for me. So, they, she mentions the miscommunication. They, he apologizes and she accepts the apology. But then the scene doesn't end, Scally. <sighs> you know, cause up until the point where I'm talking about right now, I was mm-hmm. like, we had a kind of a big fight last night. Like this was, uh, not a small argument by any means. It really seemed like a relationship ender, but at the same time, like they were establishing, it was a miscommunication. We're both mm-hmm. going to do better in the future. And I was good with that. I didn't feel like it really was like the makeup of all makeups for being considering like how large the argument seemed to be like that is a right. kind of big disagreement that you really like haven't really figured out you just have been like i'm sorry i'm also sorry okay like you didn't get to the root of anything really but um yeah what happens next was quite the surprise so, <laughs> <we'll say> so <laughs> okay so victor okay says listen I don't have a ring. I lost the ring. There's no ring. Would you accept the shell as a ring? He proposed with a shell. She said yes. How did we get here? That's what it is for me. Because, like, look, I thought, like, actually, the fact that, like, he had lost the ring and he, like, gets a shell and, like, this is cute. This is romantic. I'm here for it. I lo- I have been a big fan of the pizza lady since she ever showed up on the first episode. And so, like, I want the best for them. But just, like, then really? Like, this is the time that we choose to do this? <laughs> like, I feel like maybe we could give it a day or two and, like, actually have, you know, a cushion between, like, these two scenes. Uh, I don't really feel like... uh six hours was the appropriate time to wait between uh, these two momentous occasions in your life, like first big fight and engagement. Let's go. So (laughs) maybe we could have just like, let it breathe a little bit. Right. And and I feel like it's interesting because 
the cameras are on you. So there is no world where you're saying no to this proposal, regardless of how you feel. And part of me wants to think that, oh, maybe Ellie thought we just thought I shouldn't say yes, but we're on TV. I have to say yes. I don't know. The thing is, like, Ellie's talked about, like, a number of times, like, in the, uh, like, fight 1.5 that we got earlier in this episode, she says, like, was I that desperate? Like, I thought I was in love. And I feel like for Ellie, she, like, really did just give up, like, her restaurant, her, like, any, like, all of her life, like, back. Mm -hmm. Like, the other things are, like, easily you can go back to. I don't know, like, how set in stone this, like, restaurant is. So, like, it seemed like that was a very big part of her life that doesn't seem easily recoverable. And so, like, walking back now, like, she's already lost a lot. You may as well explore this. Uh, not to mention that, uh, she has had, like, the traumatic end to her relationship in the past. And, uh, she has expressed, like, that she is already worried about her prospect of having children. So I think Ellie is, like, already in a little bit too deep where she's not going to let that one argument, uh, let her turn down this proposal. But I think maybe it would have been more of a conversation had <laughs> the camera's not been there. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I mean, the two of them, we've said this for the longest time now. They needed to put the relationship on ice until the their mm -hmm. lives were back in order where they can move past this uh category five hurricane that literally changed the entire life of Victor. And and they can reset everything, then they can proceed and talk about where they're gonna go next. So that didn't happen. Now they're engaged, I guess. Uh, when are they going to get married? Where they're going to get married? That I do not know. And let me tell you this, uh, they don't have a next time on. So they're not getting married next episode. I'll tell you that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, that would have been like an absurd pace for these two. Um, I've never thought that this season was ending in marriage for them. Uh, I feel like we kind of got like six days of filming under our bait, under our belt, and then just like kind of make do with what we have to put on TV. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it is what it is. They gave us something. We can accept it or reject it. We're just going to leave it on the table for now. Yeah. And it's the thing is like, they're not exciting enough where I think that we'll like get a resolution later on another season. So I feel like we're just going to really leave this one open ended and never find out what happens. I do think so. Here's what I think is going to happen. Cause obviously there every 90 day season ends with a tell all. Okay. I think that's going to be the end of it. That's going to be the top and bottom of it. We're going to get the tell-all. They're going to, we're going to get the update there. Then they ride into the sunset. I also agree with you. I don't think they are exciting enough to come back again. I, I just don't see it happening yeah. that way. Someone so, keep an eye out for Victor's book cameo page. Cause I feel like maybe we'll glean some information there. Otherwise I don't know that we're getting anything else. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mind if we don't, I'm okay being left in the dark on this. <laughs> You know, I, I am a nosy person, so I would like to know what's happening in the lives of all of these people, um, but like maybe not in a 90 minute episode format. Exactly. All right. So then the next couple we're going to move to is a couple that we've talked a lot about on this season and sometimes good, sometimes bad because we're very annoyed this time. We're going to talk about it from a very annoyed perspective once again. Let's go to Ginny and Sumit. Let's go to Ginny and Sumit. Scally, take it away here. 
there's been a lot that's happened with Jenny and Samit since we've last spoken. Let it all out. This has been uh, such a, again, I keep saying the word, but like that's this season has been uh, overall, like I've said, such a journey and like none more than Jenny and Samit, where at the beginning, I did not come in with the baggage of past seasons from Jenny and Sabine. And so I was like, I'm seeing an unlikely couple here that I am rooting for and I want the best for Jenny. And I think that like, I don't know what else she is going to besides Sabine. She seems to be very happy with him. And so like, I want her to be happy with him. Um, now I don't, <laughs> I would like for Jenny to be, uh, just fine without him. If that's better than the happy with Sami, cause, uh, I don't want them together. I have been increasingly frustrated, uh, watching them on a week to week basis. I felt like last, uh, was it last week or two weeks ago where we finally get his parents saying they're going to step out, uh, was like ended up being extremely hollow in terms of the revelation that it was, uh, like everyone is so excited and like, really, what did it change? Not a lot. So, uh, you know, I felt like I was sold a bill of goods in that episode and really, uh, I am not as happy as I once was. Yeah. I mean, the bill of goods is exactly where it, what it was because the scene we start with here is, ooh, Sumit's brother had their, you know, they have the baby. Sumit's now an uncle. Uncle Sumit is in the building. And they're doing a function for that. And I believe, what was it? Uh, it's like the, it's like a, um, almost like a baptism in that it's, it's for the kid, right? So they're doing this function. They are not inviting Jenny to it. And the reason for it is they're like, listen, it's too soon. It's too soon with Jenny. If you're telling me that you are okay with them and that you have accepted to love this person and the only thing you said you wouldn't approve of is them getting married and they're not married, why is Jenny not allowed to be there? Make it make sense if you're okay with her. Make it make sense. Because mm, they're not. And it's to cause another fight. Like, it's the same thing where it's like, we're not going to outwardly say we're not okay with this. But like, so help me God, they will not be getting married. <laughs> so like, they're, they're not going to uh, support it. But they're also not going to like, absolutely refuse to let it happen and stand in the way. They're just going to like, drop little seeds here <laughs> where they might be arguments in the future. So uh like, uh, you know, like almost like respect to the parents. They know what they're doing. Like this caused another massive fight. Um, and they're getting exactly what they want where like Samit is not standing up for Jenny in the slightest. He talks about like within like the same breath. He's like, I just need Jenny to support me. It's like, you have never supported Jenny a day in your life. So I don't know where you get off begging for this. Uh, Samit is just like a man child that I cannot handle in the slightest. Um, and man- he's worse than a man child. Yeah. Like, there's man child and then there's jackass child. Yeah. And I feel like that's where he is because here we go. So last week we found out at the tail end of the episode, hi, I'm Sumit and I've told my lawyer to put a hold on filing this stuff because I'm not ready or like I'm worried or whatever. So then Jenny, you know, is talking about how like, oh, I'm so ha-. they're having their morning tea. She's like, I'm so happy. Like at least we filed this stuff and blah, blah. And then he's like, all right, Jenny, I put it on hold. And Jenny is like, what is this? Why did you put it on hold? This is insane. And, you know, Sumit keeps talking about how he's scared and he's worried about everything. He's been through divorce before. And like, that was a really tough experience. And Jenny tells us in confession, like, I'm completely blindsided by this. I'm scared thing. And it's, 
agreeable with me. Like it's BS. This whole I'm scared thing is stupid. Jenny literally moved her life over to this guy and like still dated him after he catfished her, still dated him after she finds out he's married, still dated him after he, you know, was not telling his family anything still stayed with him after he wouldn't marry her still stay with him like so many reasons she still stayed with him so for him to be scared is stupid and sumit's argument now is that he doesn't like feeling pressured and being told to do something and feeling forced he doesn't like his hand force he likes to do something because he wants to do it and he feels like he's seen a different side of jenny and that if if they get married like a different Jenny is going to come out. Shut, shut up, Sumit. Stop it. <laughs> it's just like there's so many layers to this for me. Like, I understood why Jenny was like waiting around, um, especially when it was like uh, culturally, he wanted like, especially like, especially culturally for like from Jenny's perspective, he wanted the approval of his parents and he didn't want like his neighbor, parents, neighbors to like, uh, you know, stop interacting with them. And there was all this like pressure. And so like she didn't push it for 10 years almost like she it did, but didn't walk away. And then now at the point where it's like, it's none of that anymore. It's solely on you. I don't blame her for being like, okay, no, no, no. This is your decision. I've you've, it's like, it's not like, oh, your parents gave you permission and like, then you've had to start considering it. Like, it's been 10 years. You've been considering this and you're not ready. Like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm out. You, you can't like, that's not an excuse anymore. I just, I can't with him. I can't with him. He bothers the living hell out of me. And it's because I, I just, I can't sit here and watch this, um, partner of his just get run over and over and over over what he's not even worth it he's not worth the pain he's causing at all so and and also not not for nothing you know we we both know this i'm sure the worst thing you can do to someone who's in distress is to tell him to calm down and he keeps telling her to calm down and i don't love that and then when she was like, well, so you're going to call him and you're going to file it now, right? And he's like, I'll do it by myself. Don't force me. Shut up, Sumit. Stop it. You are being ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, I hated this so much. He says that Jenny threatening him is bringing out his rebellious nature. I was like, oh my God, I just threw up. Um, please don't talk about your rebellious nature anymore. I don't want to hear about it. Um, I just, that was like the line for me where like, I'm not going to tell you when I'm going to do it. Don't force me to do it. I'm going to do it on my time and you won't like know about it. Like that is major red flags beyond everything else. Like this is not a joint decision between us. You will not be involved with it. I will not let you know. You will have no clue when it's going to happen because it's not going to happen. So stop asking. Exactly. It's so annoying, dude. It, okay. Okay. It's so annoying. Let's go to the next scene though, because I don't want to like have us sit here. We could easily sit here two hours between the two of us and just, go in on him more and more Mm -hmm. so jenny and this is how you can tell like jenny is a real one jenny goes to the iskon temple again the same temple that she had gone to earlier in the season because they could have gotten the visa and we were like hey listen don't do fraud for a visa but then she's gone back there because it's a calming place for her and 
this is at the time where Sumit is at the um the uncle function, sorry, the the kid function. Mm-hmm. So Jenny's here on her own choice to just, you know, get calm and stuff. And she meets up with, in my opinion, the MVP of the episode. Uh, a woman from the Iskon t- uh, temple recognizes her and says, Hey, Jenny, like, I'm so glad to see you back. Can I sit with you? Yes. And asks her, you know, where she's at and everything. Jenny fills her in. And this woman gives her the knowledge that made me smile ear to ear. Talks, mentions, these are some of the things that are mentioned. If he's not willing to walk the mile with you, then what, what happens next? There's no stability. There's no commitment. And where's the love if there, those things aren't coming in? He's getting all the perks without the responsibilities. MVP of the episode. Mm-hmm. And that's like when Samit says like he's scared of Jenny changing. He's seen people change in marriage. Marriage is like overwhelming and scary for him. Like they're basically married. There's nothing that's going to change. And like he is like, like she says, getting all of the perks, but there's no responsibilities there. He's already basically living married to Jenny. It's just that he hasn't signed a paper and that paper has legal requirements of him that he's not ready to commit to. And so right. like, Jenny knows that this woman knows that and she is uh, finally seemingly waking up to that. I loved it. I loved it because the advice she got from the uh, woman at the Iskon temple was leave him. He will only recognize what he's missing. If you leave him because you keep threatening and you don't do it, he doesn't think you'll do it. Leave him. I was like, please, Jenny, listen to her. Listen to her. Mm-hmm. She is the voice of reason. Please. Yeah, because Samir even says he's like, I hate when she does this, as if this is something that she's done plenty of times in the past. And so he knows it's an empty threat. It's never going to get taken seriously until Jenny actually goes through with it. My worry is that like, uh, Samir may not actually uh, also have the, like, I don't know, is he like functioning enough on his own to actually then get her back? Uh, I don't know, but uh, we will see how Samit actually handles uh, this type of threat or action once again. Yeah, there's nothing quite as good. Like, imagine being the Sumit and and getting only empty threats and be like, oh, there's no repercussions? Perfect. Mm-hmm. But then also having the gall to be like, but that upsets me. Stop doing it. I need I need Chappelle here. I need Chappelle here to go in on him. I really do. Can we, is it too late to call him in? No, please do. I would be thrilled. <laughs> please do. What is what is he doing tonight? He's fine. Oh my god, he's probably recording another two podcasts. Of course, only two. I know, right? I was being kind. Um, yeah, dude. Uh, Jenny is the worst. Jenny is awful. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Sumit is the worst. I was going to say, where we change this up real quick. Let this me is get like well in here to yell at you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's one in the morning. I do apologize on that one. <laughs> um, yeah, though, Sumit is really just showing his whole ass this season. And here's what, where TLC loses me a little bit. So this is where we ended everything, right? So I'm leaving the episode thinking, hell yes. I feel like Jenny's been empowered. She's going to go in and she's going to rip the band-aid and she's going to say goodbye, Sumit, you scumbag, until Sumit buckles. Then the next time on is the scene from a we- their wedding. Like, what are you doing to me? I was ready to be like, let's see how this goes. And you ruined it by telling me that they're going to be at a wedding. It didn't surprise me being that like one of the last line Jenny says in this is that 
um, even with like Samit uh, not like committing to her and like failing at all these different like checkpoints, she still feels like more special and more love from him than from she ever has from anyone else. I was like, Jenny, you have a family. Like, there is other <laughs> stuff for you. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but I am sending you more love than Samita is on a regular basis. So, like, for real? Um, there is, like, many things out there for you, Jenny, but the fact that she says this, like, did not surprise me at all to see that we are going to flash forward and somehow end up at the point where we are seemingly going through with a wedding. I know that a lot of reality shows, including day like to be misleading uh so maybe uh there is no wedding in the future and we are going to be let down once again by samit but uh like we could have just cut Corey and evelyn and had another scene this week where they resolve things <laughs> like yeah. it, it just was like it, it this wasn't i don't know if it's like a different team working on the episode versus the previews but they didn't line up well for me well, secretly here's what would be great you know we talked about maybe Corey and evelyn reenacted some of their stuff what would be great is if that they did this sequence, like this wedding sequence, but it's an a, an an act because this is all in Jenny's head and she's daydreaming. I would love Stop. if they date. <laughs> they're like oh. <laughs> day jumps the shark. Like I'm sure that it has at other points, but like just beyond anything. Like, oh actually we're doing dream sequences in 90 day now. <laughs> yeah. They're like, all right, so you're going to wear this wedding dress and you're going to be sitting in this like <laughs> packed room and you're going to look happy. And then we're going to zoom out and you're sitting in your on your couch in the house, just upset. <laughs> and Sumit's nowhere to be seen. This is so upsetting. <laughs> like, right? if, that's, if that's what happened, I will cry next week. <laughs> I will cry <laughs> so much. And not the first time that 90 Day has made me cry, but it will make me ball. <laughs> oh, God. That would be so bad. That would be so, so funny. I can't funny, handle though. it. I can't handle it. No, that's not allowed to happen. <laughs> well, them getting married isn't allowed to happen either. So I don't want any of those <sighs> scenarios. I don't know. I just don't want any of it. Don't show me that preview. I'm not watching it. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll move you away from this. Let's go to happier pastures. Let's go to a place that we are happy about where when we do cry, it's tears of joy. Let's go to Kenny and Armando here. And, you know, it's wedding season. It's been wedding season for the two of them for a long time here. But the wedding's literally tomorrow in this timeline. And we start the episode off with, um, Kenny being a little bit worried, you know, he talks about how, uh, you know, Taylor didn't like the whole new family thing because he may have forgotten about them. Armando starts worrying now that Kenny's kids might resent him. That, Like, you know, Armando came in and took our dad away type things. And that is not the only thing that's worrying them. Armando also brings up the text that his aunt sent him about the, the, his dad and how his dad is perceiving uh, things to be and how his dad mentioned you know r the respect aspect of which kenny is essentially uh, sorry armando is taken as the respect being do not kiss in front of me at this wedding or don't do anything too much or whatever so the first scene not good at all the first scene completely made me feel bad for them and you know i just wish they didn't have to have so many worries before their wedding I have so many thoughts here. So when we first went 
to the actual scene where they visited the orphanage um, for with kids that are HIV positive, like definitely yeah. flowing. I was very like touched and like was excited for this process with them. I was a yeah. little upset when like there was even like a statement in there where it was like, don't mention family or anything because they get the idea of being attached very quickly. Mm-hmm. And then like, as soon as we leave, Armando was like, yeah, I don't think I'm feeling it. Like, oh, like, why did you go? <laughs> like, yeah, so right. I have been like a little <laughs> up and down where I was like, maybe we didn't have to film a scene there. Like that could have been like cut out. So I was like a little annoyed with them at one point, um, mm. especially um, with insisting on how, like Kenny having a child of his own versus adopting when it doesn't seem like Kenny's super into it. I fully understand his children's perspective. Like I am also like uh, needy <laughs> as a child. Um, I want attention. <laughs> so um, <laughs> like uh, I would also probably react similarly, especially if it was like when they say um, like they already know that like Kenny is going to be adopting Armando's daughter and they're like they're all happy about that and then like I feel like it was oh well maybe like a child the age of Armando's daughter was like okay <laughs> it was like or a baby is like no <laughs> like that baby is like first of all again when we're filming this it's in COVID they're already limited on traveling they're not going to be traveling right. with the baby back and forth it, like who knows like what traveling will be like with COVID for forever so like it is terrifying they're having like their own kids now so like they might not be able to travel with their own kids let alone like have the their grandfather now come see them because there's going to be new children in uh like the situation so um i didn't like it's not the ideal reaction for sure but i also like empathize with them that like it's hard and it's scary like in the world in general right now let alone like your father having a child 20 something years after you Right. And I feel like we've gotten more and more instances and proof of how close this family is, Mm -hmm. especially when you consider the fact that uh, it wasn't only Kenny reacting very emotionally when he sees his grandkid, when he sees his daughter, his daughter reacts the same way. His other daughter reacts the same way. Like this was a very close knit family. And they know how their dad loves. When their dad loves, their dad is all in. So they're like, well, if you're all in with a new family now, that means you're going to forget about us. And you're going to be all in with the new family. And we don't want to lose you at all. Like, a really good point. Yeah. It's a really, really good point is like how all in Kenny is. And that is going to be presumably. And like, that's how you would want him to be <laughs> with mm-hmm. a new child coming in. So like, that is tough. That's very, very tough, especially yeah. like. Kenny is 60. This new child mm-hmm. will take him like through the end of Kenny's life, realistically. Yeah. And like, that's the thing is that you'd think, well, aren't the kids being selfish? Yes, for sure. But then you mentioned already how, you know, hard you need the affection, like how hard mm-hmm. it is to lose out on that. But then I've, I would argue that the kids thought, well, we were being selfless when we supported you to go live with Armando and like be away from us. And now you want to have a new kid as well. No, we don't agree with, we can't have this. This is too much. Like, this is hard. I feel like they, part of them also thinks, well, I can ask for this because I've, I've given something. I've given up something. I've given up having my dad with me full time and Mm -hmm. I don't want to lose my dad full time. So I feel like that's where they're coming from with it. But obviously this is going to be weighing in on Armando more than anybody because, you know, the last thing you want to be known as to your 
partner's family is like the one who stole them away the one who like changed them ruined them Mm -hmm. however you want to describe it you don't like the person who negatively impacted them and therefore now you see them negatively you don't want to be in that position and i think you've mentioned it the whole covid thing they're really like the separation they're feeling would have probably been a lot lighter if we weren't in covid times and Mm -hmm. and there was like an easier access like back and forth back and forth they just didn't have that kind of access. So they feel like everything is going to be in the, in the darkness. Yeah. It's hard. It's just like, they're not going to be able to do extended trips on either side now. Should mm-hmm. um, they have a child? So it is definitely like a wake up call. I don't feel like selfish, like thoughts or feelings are like inherently bad. Like everyone has them. And like, you're right. allowed to talk them out with your close friends and family. And like, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that that's like going to hold resentment for forever or anything, but like it's the first time they're hearing about it. They're talking about it. Armando like is also fine to have the concerns of, uh, um, them viewing him differently but like it'll get talked out and like kenny says we don't need to do this the day before the wedding we can still have plenty of time <laughs> to discuss this later exactly there are other matters that they might have to discuss or they would want to discuss and one of them mainly is the um, conversation that armando brings up the whole the the dad of it all it's weighing on armando heavy so armando's still worried that um the the whole kiss he's worried about how his dad's going to take the the kiss they share he's worried about how his dad's going to react when they it comes to their first dance and how they're going to go about it there's also a little segment where armando mentions not knowing like having never really danced with a man and, and wanting to know like if he can be the lead cuz like that's the more masculine role to be in so he's got a whole like weight on his shoulders just about the wedding activities alone let alone all this other stuff with our uh, Kenny's family that is not coming into light. What did you think of all of that? It's hard because so I remember um, just like being a little kid and being like, oh, people kiss at weddings. Wow. I'm never to get married. <laughs> like, just like, what? Just remember being a child, like, oh, PDA. I am five and that's never happening. So, like, just like, I understand the end. Like, uh, like Armando says, like, he has not come out to like every member of his family coming out is not like it, it is like the most relieving experience in the world, but it is not like a fun thing to do for like ever. Mm-hmm. It's not a one time thing. It is something you do constantly. And like Armando has not done that with every member of his family. And like to be doing that by having a public display of affection in a kiss, uh, like while he is seemingly not entirely comfortable with it himself, let alone in front of everyone else. Uh, like he's not having the questions of like, where do I put my hands if he's like not having some concern over how he's like being viewed. And that's unfortunate. Like I want it to not be an issue for Armando. Uh, but obviously it is like, it seems like it's something that like Kenny is like being very supportive in, doesn't struggle with it as much himself, obviously. And so like, I'm glad that he is there for Armando to be able to like walk him through this, but it is not something that he is going to solve in the day before his wedding either. He is going to have complicated feelings about it on the day of his wedding. And it's just like the best you can do is talk it out right now. And I'm glad that they both are doing that as we're seeing. I agree. I mean, I think ultimately the hope is that everything goes smoothly and I have a feeling everything will go smoothly. Um, the, the pre-marriage jitters in this instance are all to do with the fact that he doesn't want to, make his dad uncomfortable and he also doesn't want to let down Kenny 
and like rob them of the this moment is their wedding like this for the first kiss the first he doesn't want to ruin all that so it's a lot of like both sides on him and obviously we've talked about this before but kenny is at a place where he has experienced like he has been um out in the open a lot longer Mm -hmm. than armando and therefore has you know experienced a lot of this stuff that armando's experiencing now long ago so long ago enough that he can say stuff like listen you can't let that bother you you can't let that make you feel uncomfortable you ha- you should let your body do what comes naturally and not police yourself because of a b c d e person like mm-hmm. he wants armando to have that level of comfort with who he is and his surroundings and not have to constantly look over his shoulder of like oh who's looking at us who's watching or who's what's this person going to think what's this person going to think and i i love that kenny is trying to empower armando but i also think that armando it's going to take a while for armando obviously and like you said it's it's something that's going to be always go like progressing and going mm-hmm. on especially given the way his dad has received it and i feel like it's ticking upwards that's why i think it's going to be fine that's why i feel like 100 the wedding's going to be completely fine we're going to see them be okay the dad's not going to react any negatively this is all like the pre-wedding worry that i do think tlc was like well we can milk this to make it seem like it's going to be a lot of drama but it gives us the opportunity to sit down and dissect it and like talk about a very serious topic for sure and like coming from the perspective of having like little to like no or like much fewer hiccups and like coming out especially like in um and or like living the last however many of your years uh having much fewer issues or hang-ups with coming out mm-hmm. like for kenny to armando like it's not easy or like 100 percent possible for him to completely put himself in his shoes and uh like relate but i think he's like doing a good job of like letting him take it slow uh being like encouraging without like forcing him to um like address things that he doesn't want to address and like being understanding of like his family situation his culture is whatever other factors that may be like limiting in this um i think like he's right that like armando ideally is not going to let this change his wedding day. He may have to like face uncomfortable feelings, but uh, like let's do this for us and like try to make everyone like have like a good, comfortable time. But like ultimately, it's for them. Exactly. And that's where we're gonna leave you with Kenny Armando, uh, listeners, because we didn't really get anything else. The next time on with them is pretty much the wedding again. Another wedding oh, over boy. here. Yeah, we're that's excited the, for this one. <laughs> yeah, same, same. There's three. Okay, there's so next week we're gonna have three weddings, and most likely four if you count Stephen and Alina and the cat heist works successfully. Mm-hmm. That counts. Still it a wedding. Counts. Yeah. All it's right. Well, you're good. There you go. If Scally's two days, counts, it takes a long time to plan a wedding. Stephen's been worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, I'll tell you who's not really worried about a wedding. Uh, let's go to Ari and Binia. Let's go to the last couple of the night here. Ari and Binium, um really have to thank Janice, who is the VIP, the MVP of their lives. Janice literally fixed the relationship up and like patched things up for them. So Janice is, of course, uh, Ari's mom, who went to Kenya with her to kind of be the the person in the middle, to, like build things back up, and successfully does so. Okay, and she is now left. Uh, Kenya a couple weeks now and they're in a position where they're trying to fix everything and they're trying to get back on track and you know they talk about not being willing to give up on each other yet uh, Ari however brings up that she doesn't want the noise from other people which means Ethiopia is is gone she will never move back to Ethiopia because she doesn't want the noise from other people to be injected into their relationship. <sighs> Ari's been so frustrating. <laughs> like, yes, it's, like, it's again, like it's a couple that I'm not like in love with either person, but just like Ari has gone so far off the map for me in the last couple of weeks that like, I can't empathize anymore. I just, I can't see it from the perspective. Um, it has just been switched up and like, maybe I don't know if like, they even like intend for us as an audience to feel this way or if it's like bad editing, but like we skipped over so much of what like Binium supposedly did. And I know that he's like, um, apologizing now, but I still don't feel like I have a good grasp on like what actually did versus didn't happen. Right. So it's hard for me to like really be on Ari's side here where she's like really like putting her foot down in so many situations. She's not really like, I know you said like, <laughs> Ari's mom like fixed the relationship. She didn't fix this. She like put like a one bandaid on it and on like a gaping wound. So I am like, I'm glad that we are like exploring things for Avi's sake. Like, uh, first of all, like one of the cutest kids that I have seen like on TV in general. Uh, but just like, I am hoping that more is done here to, uh, actually work things out. I right, and I feel like that has been my biggest issue with their story, and and this is something that came up a little bit more when Liana was here with me, where Liana was talking about how she saw, she understood Ari's side on on things mm-hmm. and stated a couple of reasons why, and I was like, I hear all that, but I just don't. They are not telling me what happened with Binyam. All we know from Binyam is that some people texted. Uh, Ari's mom and Ari and told her, hey, this has been going on. He's been coming in and out of the studio. Like women have been coming in and out of the house. And like that's been it. And then when he tells when when Janice asks him if he cheated, he says no, she believed him. So if that is to be believed, what are we doing here? What's going on? And I feel like Ari is just now I to me personally, I think she had the minute she got to the States. She was like, that's it. I don't want to go back to Ethiopia anymore. Like, I want to live here with my family in America. This is where we need to be. And then all this 
Binium stuff happened and I was like, okay, this might be a good way to segue us into the States and mm-hmm. go there. This might be the way to do it. And listen, it's working. <laughs> so it's it, that, that you're getting the result you wanted, which is, I guess, a good thing. But no, I'm with you in that. I just feel like there's so much with them that has been left unsaid and unshown that I just don't know. And listen, to be clear, Binium is not without faults of his own. We've mm-hmm. discussed this ad nauseum on this podcast. Uh, but I just, the way Ari talks about him, it's like she caught him cheating red handed and he has no rights to, to say anything in the relationship anymore. And if he wants to be around his son, he has to play ball with all her rules. Otherwise, too bad. Like you're losing everything. Where I don't feel like that is the leg she should be standing on. And I feel like that is not the correct punishment to dole out for something that we don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what makes it tough because like on I know other seasons of like 90 Day where there are times before the couple actually meets up where the film like the film crew will follow like each half of the couple I believe Um so like could we not have left one camera person with Binium where we could have got like what was going on during these two months Uh apparently not but I don't know it just it showed also to me where Binium's like oh we actually learned a lot like from your mother and I was like no you learned a lot and I was like ugh like still like yeah you could just like acknowledge that like we're both working on things and like yes maybe Binium like has more to work on like let's say every single thing was true there like sure he has more to work on but like neither of you is perfect like no one's perfect like let alone the two of you so like you that's like the constant pushing over to him is what makes me like less likely to like glom onto an incomplete story that we already have well, that's the thing, right, is that when, when we're shown things in, in movies and TV shows and reality TV, scripted TV, when there is a argument or disagreement between two parties, typically they'll try and make it so that you agree with one side mm-hmm. and the side you agree with, you sympathize with, you want them to feel better. And the side that's done wrong, you want them to, you know deal with their mistake, understand they've been made a mistake, acknowledge they've made a mistake, and then maybe reconcile as they go along. The difference is, and specifically I want to use the example you used of Ari being like, no, you thought you learned stuff from my mom. I mm-hmm. didn't like I didn't need to learn anything. That kind of attitude makes it difficult for a viewer to be like, oh yeah, okay, good. Like I'm rooting for I'm not rooting for you. When you're when you're kicking someone while they're down like this, I'm not rooting for you. Because he agreed to move to Kenya to try and fix things. He, you know, talked with your mom. He is clearly trying to be a better person. The least you can do is also say you learned something as well or you felt something as well. But for you, you can't stand on the soapbox and look down on him. You just can't. I just can't have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not ideal. I, I like, I understand many of like the thought processes on both sides, but I just like can't get 100% bored with either of them, sadly. Yeah, I agree. And I'm telling you, this has gone to a bad place with them. I'm tired of them. They're not fun for me, um, anymore until they're in a better place. Maybe I can't mm-hmm. see them. They're just too bothersome for me, but we have to talk about the next parts. Cause it gets weirder. This does. So then she tells him, I want us to move to the States. That's what I want. We can't, cause they can't stay in Kenya. 
uh, long term because they have to do the whole visa thing and and jobs are scarce with the pandemic. So she mentions that they've applied for the K-1 visa about a year ago. They're still waiting and they've gotten no information, really. They've gotten no updates or anything. And that's what they are looking to to get to. And she mentions one of the reasons that she will never go back to Ethiopia is that it would hurt her pride and others would like laugh at her for coming back. You know, it's one of the things where she's left. If she comes back now, it's like, oh, wow, you're back. And this is again, this is similar to for me to Samit being like, if we get married, she'll change. She's changed. It's like you're mm-hmm. you're saying that to make yourself feel better about the decision you have made, or to justify it. Nothing more than that. But then, Scally, the part of this conversation that gets interesting for me is Biniam agrees to the whole. Okay, America, it is. Let's give it a shot. Then the next scene we see now we've gone from a few weeks the mom was gone to over a month since the mom's been gone. So about a month later. They skipped one whole month and they have a video call with a lawyer. The lawyer tells them that she got the email yesterday. They've received their final packet from the consulate and he has his interview for America in about three weeks. About three weeks. Okay. Mm-hmm. And turns out this interview, it's going to be happening at the consulate in Ethiopia because that's where they filed. So. They have to go back to Ethiopia for it. And the lawyer also mentions it would be a good look if you were to go to the consulate with him, even if they don't let you in. If they know you're outside, that shows support. That shows that you are close. That shows that you're linked, which she's 100 percent correct on, because basically this whole interview process with the K-1 visa is about authenticity of relationship. Do we believe that this is a person who these are this is a couple who's in love, who are together, who are binded, or is this a scam and this person is using an American to come into the United States for to live here? So that would help. But Scally, she doesn't want to go. Mm-hmm. See, the thing is, so as soon as they say, before they even say, like, it's in Ethiopia, you have to go back, they're like, it's in 19 days. And Ari says, like, through her teeth, like, that's so soon. It's like, um, <laughs> try to act excited, please. Yeah, You've been seriously. waiting for 11 and a half months for this. <laughs> and so it's this like, this is like when Sumit was at the, with the astrologer and was banking on the astrologer being like, you can't get married for eight months. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what they were waiting for. <laughs> And so, like, part of me is like, you know what? <laughs> like, Ari better hope she's not allowed to do like that interview because she is not a good liar. <laughs> like, she's not going to have it written all of her faith that she is <laughs> not like happy in this right now. Like, oh, like, do you love Benny? I'm like, oh, he's great. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not convincing. <laughs> I do not believe the performance. So, uh, like, yes, it is obviously an absolutely terrible idea for her to choose not to go. Like, and it wasn't even like. Oh, I'm encouraging you to go. It was like, in no uncertain terms, you have to leave very soon. It requires a 14 day quarantine. This is only 19 days out. So you have to leave within the next five days. days. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You have to leave in five days. No, none, like not a day later. And like, you have to try to go in. If you're not allowed to go in, you have to make it absolutely clear that she was not allowed to come in. So like, these are very certain terms and are still like, eh. <laughs> like, she doesn't and that's where it's like i don't believe that you want this to happen i want ha- i want 100 percent 
believe that she wants to move back to the States. Sure. To be with her family. <laughs> That's not what's in question, Puya. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like, again, like the whole Binyam part of it and, and the, that part is a little bit, I'm a little bit skeptical on, but then she is asked to, you know, you also have to go to Ethiopia. It's important. And obviously they don't have much time. This is similar to when Stephen and Alina are getting married and Stephen's like, we can't plan a wedding in two days. This is too difficult. And it's kind of like that where it's like, well, though, that's just, that's so soon. And it's fun for me. This was very fun for me because <laughs> all I could think was you thought you'd never go to Ethiopia. Well, you're going now. So have fun, you know, get the snack on the plane. Like that's happening. But then the next time on, it looks like she's hesitant to go. It looks like she's <sighs> not going to go. She's saying to Binyam, I am not going to do it, which is very selfish in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like I just, it's frustrating because again, I think that they're both at fault at certain points and I'm not behind either one of them, but it's hard to sympathize with someone who is saying like, I am willing to do whatever I can in order to like give this a second shot, especially for my child. And it's like your pride in going back for five days and like sitting in a hotel room for the quarantine outside of that, like isn't going to stand in the way of you actually wanting to give this a solid attempt, I would assume. So like it doesn't hold weight for me. Uh, Like the pride, you can get over it if it's temporary. I'm sorry. And she's not willing to do that. I just feel like she could, cause like the, if the whole thing is that there is some trauma or, or discomfort in being around in the presence of his family or his friends, like you said, you can easily just stay at a hotel mm-hmm. and, and for the four days or whatever after the quarantine of this interview going on, then you can leave the minute it's done. You just need to be there for him for that. And that's not just for him. That's for both of you. That's for little Avi. It's for your family Mm -hmm. to get this confirmation to come to the States. Like that's what it is. And if you aren't able to give that, or if you aren't able to do that, when you are asking your partner to give up his family and friends and move to the United States of America, move to a whole other continent across the world. And you can't go to Ethiopia for two weeks to get that done. How am I supposed to believe that that is not fair? That to me sounds mm-hmm. very fair. Yeah. So. Hey, like we've been dangling the carrot of like, okay, I'm going to come back. Oh, actually, no, you have to come to Kenya. Okay. Actually, no, we're going to try to get you to the U S okay. Actually, I'm going to come to, it's like, it's not actually seeming like any of this is going to materialize. And I'm hoping that it's a fake out trailer and everything goes great. And uh, everyone gets along, but I am uh, skeptical to say the least. Yeah, I would, I would put myself at skeptical as well. The next time on, obviously, she doesn't want to go. We already discussed it. So next week's episode is going to be wild. We do have your co-host on the Love Island uh, rehab up coming through in Kirsten. So I'm excited to see what Kirsten thinks of four weddings and a <sighs> shithousery. it's you know what great guest for the last episode uh will be there for the feels and also for the mess i'm sure that she will uh have quite a bit to say about these six couples that we've been following yeah i can't wait to find out but scally 
this was an amazing time, man. I'm telling you this. You have been one of the best guests to have on to talk about this stuff and a new convert. So you're giving me new insight to, to these couples. I do appreciate you being here. Let the people know what do you have going on? Where can they find you and all that good stuff? Oh, well, thank you. Best guest is quite the hard, high bar to clear on this podcast. So I am honored. Um, people can find me. Majority of what I'm doing, I will always be talking about over on Twitter at Brian underscore Scally, as well as like have occasionally doing TikToks under the same handle, Brian underscore Scally. Uh, currently, I'm talking about the challenge uh, season 37 and the challenge all stars Two, both over on the Dom and Colin podcast with Matt Ligori. So go check that out. That, uh, is a lot of fun, at least on the all stars two side of things. Uh, 37 seems to be picking back up a little bit. So, uh, you know, if you're watching either of those, definitely check those out. Ruby. Perfect. <laughs> All right. And <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Puyaism on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Puya. I do stream there four, five times a week. Come say hi. We do a bunch of fun stuff there. And also the Mass Singer podcast with Liana is always a delight. Great part of my week. Definitely check it out. We have, we, I found that today. So check this out, Scally. So the Mass Singer has decided in the midst of their their season, we just got to Group A finals and Group B finals. They each have one more final to go. Then the final two will be deliberated, and then there's a finale. But this week, they've stopped it. They've pumped the brakes, oh. and they're doing two rerun episodes this week. And then next week, they're going back to regular scheduling. <laughs> so out of nowhere, we have a bye week again from the Mass Singer. What kind of scheduling this is, I don't know, but it's fine. Oh. Um, that is a interesting decision. Um, I am confused. From what I know, I will say that I am currently uh team queen of hearts. So, uh, rooting yes. on there. But, um, you know, I am not even going to question the scheduling decisions of some of these shows because, uh, I don't know that they know what they're doing. But, you know, hey, they may be better than me. <laughs> They are not. I will tell you that they are not. The <laughs> format's getting worse every season. But listen, we, we love mess, so we talk about it. All right, y'all. I'm going to say goodbye for now. We'll be back in about 20 seconds to talk all about 90 Day Fiance, the single life. But until then, take care. Have a good one. Goodbye. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the 90 Day Fiance Rehab of Podcast. We have arrived at the single life portion of this episode. And let me tell you, TLC Discovery Plus, whoever's in charge, thank you so much for not making this episode an hour and a half long. It was actually a cool 44 minutes or so, so I'll take it. It was great. It gave me enough that I was intrigued to watch it. I enjoyed myself, and it didn't feel like it was dragging. So 10 out of 10 experience there. I'm here to give you all the updates on what's going on with the single people over on 90 Fiance Single Life Season 2, Episode 2. So let's just dive into it, okay? And obviously, like I've said before, the plan for this 
portion of coverage is I don't want it to be too long. I don't want it to drag. I don't want it to drag for y'all. So we're just going to dive through it. It'll be more of a shorter summary, but you're going to get everything. I got you. You're in good hands here. All right, let's talk about the first person they give us. So the first person that comes into the scene is Natalie. And Natalie's storyline. So Natalie is talking about how she's adjusting to life well over in Miami as a single person. And she wants to find herself a man. She wants to find herself a man so that she can have kids with, that she can have a long, happy life with. Obviously, that is the objective for every single person on this show. So she goes to this uh hairdresser person to get styled up because Natalie has a blind date. And throughout the single life, obviously, because I'm covering it alone, I will be asking you questions. And if you can give me answers over on Twitter, I would appreciate it. You can find me at Puyaism. So first question I have for you here is she's been set up for a blind date with a model by the name of Johnny. But then she shows the stylist pictures of Johnny. They go through his Instagram and stuff. So then I have to ask you, is it a blind date if you've seen the person? No, right? I feel like a blind, cause like obviously, you know, when you match with someone on Tinder, for example, you're also seeing the person. You might not know them. That's not a blind date. So I, I was like, that's misadvertising. I don't think that's a blind date. That's fine though. So Johnny in the pictures kind of looked like Cal Drogo a little bit, a little Cal Drogo going on. But then she scrolls through and she sees, you know, there's pictures of him with alcohol. He's like sitting there with a bottle of craft beer or whatever. And she's immediately like, I don't like this, blah, blah, blah. I'm not about this. So I was like, okay, well, already you're forming judgments on, on old Johnny boy here. Not a blind date, but you know, let me know what you think. Okay. So she had two scenes. This was the first scene. She's at the stylist, whatever. She gets her hair done, looks good. And we get an introduction to, ooh, there's this Johnny person about. So now we get to the date. Okay. And the date happens later in the episode. She's actually the last scene over at the end of the episode. So she kind of bookends the whole episode and the blind date now. So they're at a bar and she walks in. She's like, Oh, hi, Johnny. And Johnny's there. Johnny is holding a drink. He tells us that it is a vodka rebel. And she immediately goes in like, Oh, I don't like that. He, Cause he asked, he's like, what would you like? Are you, do you like vodka? Do you like tequila? Do you like water? She's like, I would prefer water. And then she immediately goes on this rant like, yeah, I would like a part. I'm not a party girl. and I don't want a party guy. Like, that's not what I want. That's not what I want for if I'm going to have kids. And I was like, it's the first date. Y'all just sat down. I feel like a first date conversation is, how was the ride in? What was the weather like? Uh, what, what do you do? You know, introductory immediately goes into this side of things. And I'm like, these are red flags for me. Like, this is a lot to get through. Through the first uh, date, but then Johnny seems to handle it well. He he is receptive to what she wants and says, okay, how about this? I will get us waters and I will also get myself a water instead. So then he gets up, turns around, takes a quick sip of his drink again, then puts his drink at the bar and says, when the uh, bartender comes through, we'll get two waters. And she immediately was like, this was amazing. Michael would, Mike would never do this for me. So already he's very high up in my books. I was like, okay, well, He's clearly into her because he mentions in his confession, like, I'm very attracted to her. She seems great. I really like her. All right. Cool, cool, cool. But then you'd think everything's on the up and up and, and going smoothly. But then I felt like Natalie throws in another whole um situation where she goes, do you believe in God? <laughs> and Johnny looks terrified. And there's like this pause. 
But then Johnny says, 100%. No, you know what? 200%. Johnny said, I'm going to throw a 200 on it instead of the 100 to tell you how much I believe in God. And she immediately was like, amazing. Then there's a confessional where she says, and I'm quoting here, my marriage to Michael was spoiled by him believing in aliens. Was that the only, was that the reason? Did we ever hear about the aliens past that first season? Not really. There were a little bit of like, you know, there were some Easter eggs when we would watch the other seasons of, ooh, there's this alien DVD in the background. But that never came up. So like, stop telling us that this is what the reason was. No, it wasn't. Um, and, and then they talk a little bit more about the whole modeling thing, what Johnny wants. And Johnny mentions like, these are some of the things, you know, I want to do like a greater, want to be a greater model. She goes, what does that mean? He's like, I want to do some avant-garde, like hot couture. It's like, what is that? He's like, those are some European style fashion things. Again, this is over my pay grade. Like, I don't know any of this stuff. If you've seen me, I am fashionable for, for me, uh, probably not for greater modeling. So I had no idea what he was talking about, but then she seemed very into it. And he mentions that he's feeling something and they're holding hands, but it just felt awkward. Like the whole date felt awkward to me. But then at the end, they're outside waiting for a cab or whatever. And he says, I would like to go on a second date with you. And she says, yes, me too. So there you go. Natalie gets a second date with Johnny, the model who drinks, but then is not going to drink and also believes in God 200%. We'll see where it goes from there. The idea I get from Natalie is that Natalie clearly knows what she wants in life. Like she has this clear vision and she is not afraid to go after it. So she's not playing by the conventional, like I'm going to wait for like, three, four dates. Yeah. Immediately. First date. These are my requirements. If you're in, you're in, if you're out, you're out and kind of respect it. I kind of respect it. You know, I kind of get that, but also at the same time, you know, I'm looking at Natalie. I've learned a lot about Natalie over the years and I'm like, uh, that's not the way to go about it. But you know, we move on. That is your Natalie portion here. Let's talk about the next person that came through. And we finally have the debut of Sinjin. Now, Sinjin, if if you know, is a South African man. He um, comes to us in the 90-day sphere through Tanya. And, they, you know, they got – he moved over. They applied for the K-1 after seven months. Uh, he moves to the States. They're not really working out. The big thing with them – and they gave us a flashback, so I'll give you the, the points there if, you've, if you're not familiar with Sinjin. So the whole thing with them was she wants kids. He didn't want kids. Sinjin's a bit of a free spirit, a bit of a party animal when we first met him. And he wants to enjoy life to the fullest, go on adventures, and he doesn't want to be put in a box. He doesn't want to be put in a structure that, you know, marriage would demand structure. He doesn't want to be put in that situation. He wants life to be unpredictable is kind of the vibe you get from him. And that was one of the things that they disagreed with where she wanted kids. He wasn't really like ready for that. But then the other big thing is while they were in counseling, you know, talk of soulmates come up and Sinjin said, yeah, I, I fully believe Tanya is my soulmate. And Tanya replied with, I don't agree with that. I feel like I met my soulmate and that was my previous partner, which obviously if you're any person in any relationship, you hear that, you're like, I don't like that you said that, especially after I said that you are my soulmate. So the hurts were there. Now they are not together, obviously. Well, they say they're not together. They are not going to be together moving forward. I'll explain why it's a little sticky. Sinjin still lives with Tanya and they're still sleeping together, same bed, but then also sleeping together in the intimate sense as well is what we learned from Sinjin. They're still 
under the same roof. And it's very awkward because obviously Tanya is there. So Tanya is giving her confessionals. And based on Tanya's confessionals, you're getting this idea that Tanya wants them to reconcile, to repair. She thinks that they can do that. What meanwhile, Sinjin's confessionals, he wants to get the divorce finalized and move on. He wants to be done with all this. And they show us a couple of scenes of them, you know, under the same roof living. He's loading the dishwasher. She's like, I told you to leave it if, if you don't want to learn how to do it. All right. I know some of you couples out there are like, yep, I, I hear that the dishwasher situation. I know Rob, you know, Rob is a big, you know, you can tell a lot by a person's dishwashing, uh, um, dishwash. What's it called? Filling? No, dishwash formation. Rather, Rob has that mindset. I know a lot of people have that mindset. So that was already not good. Then there's another scene where Tanya is folding their laundry and she, she, <laughs> Sinjin comes in and sits next to her and she says, are you going to just watch me fold your underwear? And he says, well, it's, it's your day and it's your turn. So yes. Um, awkward, very awkward. But then the next scene we see with them, Sinjin mentions that he wants to broach the subject about where the relationship's going because he feels like they've both been too chicken to do it. And he wants to be the one to do it. So then the other confessional we see from Tanya is that Tanya says that she doesn't recognize them as single until he moves out and they're not under the same roof anymore. And then when they start talking about the whole uh, relationship and where it's going, there's a conversation of separation versus divorce. So to Tanya, she's more keen on separating as opposed to divorcing where to her separating as they, you know, they split up for six months and try and rediscover themselves, figure out what they want in life and, and see if they can move past this and fix it. Whereas Sinjin rather is pushing for the divorce. He wants the fresh start. He wants the new life. And he wants it soon. That's why he's the one approaching this subject. And we'll see where everything goes with them because the next time on does show us that Sinjin is telling, I want to say it's Tanya's mom and someone, I maybe her sister or her friend at, at a lunch or dinner thing that at a table and he's telling them that they're separating and things don't sound like they're going to go good because the mom says something to the effect of, well, then you should move back to South Africa then. Again, awkward. So. That is something that's going to be happening there. Also, just to give you a quick heads up. Yes, there was no Natalie next time on, meaning Natalie's probably not going to be on the next episode. This episode did have an omission as well. Stephanie was not on this episode, which I'm fine with because I'm going to give you the 30 second micro summary of, of Stephanie here. So Stephanie's next time on, she's making the self love tape that the, um, um, what was the name of the person? Um, sex coach, I think it was the sex coach that put her up to the uh, homework of make a self love tape. So the next time I shows her doing that, I did see on the 90 day fiance hashtag on Twitter this week that Stephanie is now selling. I'll give you a second. If you want to forward like 10 seconds, you can. Stephanie is selling her jarred farts. I am not kidding you. This is not a joke. This is actually a thing I saw for $500 for an empty jar. Pretty much. Um, you do you hustle. If you're going to hustle, if it works good for you, that was a wild thing that came through on the timeline for me. So Stephanie, we'll learn more about her the next week. And uh, hopefully I don't see anything else on the hashtag about Stephanie. All right. So then next person we're going to go to and talk about, of course, is everyone's favorite mom. Uh, that is Debbie. I say everyone's favorite mom, uh, Colt's favorite mom, period. So Debbie is very mad <laughs> to start the episode because so obviously the last time we saw her, she gets the bombshell of they want her to move out. They want her to move out 
and Colt and Vanessa want to start their life together. And, you know, now with Debbie having this resurgence in the dating scene and trying to meet people, it's, it's causes some kind of discomfort between Colt and Debbie and Debbie's not talking to Colt. So the episode starts, the scene starts with them. Colt is playing his Nintendo switch on the couch next to Vanessa. Debbie comes downstairs, says hi to Vanessa. Colt says hi. Debbie ignores him. Debbie full on doesn't respond. And Colt even says, uh, hello. <laughs> Debbie does nothing. It's so uncomfortable, but it's so great to watch, you know? So then Debbie tells Vanessa goes over and Debbie says, he's being a jerk. And I know he's being a jerk. I don't care. He's being a jerk. It mentions jerk like eight times. Vanessa says, Hey, listen, let's just go out to lunch. Just the two of us. Maybe that'll be a good thing to do. And also then they talk about her last uh, sexual encounter and Debbie shares to Vanessa. Hey, so the thing that it didn't go well, it was kind of uncomfortable. He told me that I'm talking too much whilst we were making love. And Vanessa says, that's actually really weird that you tell me that because Colt does the same thing. This family, they're way too comfortable with what they're sharing with each other. And it's so awkward. If I, if I am. This, if I am hearing this, I'd be very uncomfortable. It's like, ah, oh, my son and I have the same patterns. Why are we sharing this to each other? It's too much, but whatever. Vanessa then says at lunch, Hey, listen, I think I have someone in mind for you. If you'd let me, I have a friend of a friend that I can set you up with full on. This is a blind date because all Debbie knows is that his name is Edward. That's it. So then the next scene we see Debbie's getting ready for the date night. She's like, you know, she talks about how she doesn't really use makeup, but she's putting a bunch of makeup. She wants her eyes to pop. She knows her eyes are the attraction. So she wants to highlight them. And then she mentions that she thinks meeting someone like this through a blind date is better for her because most people DMing her want a one night stand. So, hey, listen, Debbie's DMs be full by what I'm hearing. So then the the scene for them ends with Colt going to the door to say, bring Edward in. So we don't really see Edward. But then in the next time on, we see uh, Debbie and Edward outside on a date. And Edward's talking about how most people our age, you know, they need the blue pill, but I don't need the blue pill. And also he mentions that he would like to continue having sex well into his 80s. So um, brace yourselves. A lot of Debbie content coming this season. I can already tell you that for free right now. All right, that covers Debbie. That's all we got from Debbie. Let's go over to the next person here, um, and that is Big Ed. This will be short and sweet. Big Ed had one scene, not a lot going on. This is why I love this 44-minute episode, because they didn't give us a lot of the people. It was like a little bit, little bit. By the time you were already sick of them, they were gone. So it was great. Big Ed kind of they threw us right back into the date. That he had with the uh, with the woman from last episode where they went salsa dancing and they went for dinner. And like I said in the last episode, he like gave her a like, talk too much. He talked about how he broke up with his ex like seven times and he got emotional. He cried in front of her. So then they kind of threw us right back into the date and like as if nothing had changed, you know, and. She, you know, he asked her some questions like, oh, um, where'd you grow up? Yeah, I grew up in Jersey. And then. Big Ed kind of takes a pause and then does a bad Jersey accent that she doesn't really respond well to. It got really awkward after that. Then she he asked her how long she's been single. She says that she was single for a year. You know, she's using this time to figure herself out. It's like a whole reset for her. And Big Ed is like, you know, trying to sound appreciative that she shares it. Thank you for sharing that. And then 
It got a little bit more awkward because Big Ed was like, yeah, so I, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of you. And then she like kind of nodded along, like ha ha did a little bit. And then he said, I, oh, I have another awesome reason to come to Vegas now. I really do referring to her because they're in Vegas. And it just, it, it's so clear that she's not into him. It's so clear that she has no interest in seeing him again. But hey, I know what you're thinking, but is there proof of that? Big Ed said, can we go out again? And she said, maybe <laughs> it's, that's not a good sign. So then he drives her home and right outside their house, they kind of like wave goodbye at each other. And Big Ed does a confessional where he talks about how dating her, like going on this date made him realize that he doesn't need to be dating someone in their twenties. And that was very important for him to know. Okay. Big Ed, good for you. Um, you're the worst, but whatever. So then the date ends, he drives off and that's all we get there. Is there an next time on for Big Ed? No, there is no bit an next time on for Big Ed, which is interesting. Does that mean Big Ed's not going to be on the episode? Couldn't tell you, really. Could not tell you. And I wonder what this means for Big Ed's story in this season. Because like we talked about last week, there was a People magazine article, like photo shoot thing that was released of Big Ed's engagement to um Liz. So is that going to now cause them to edit out Big Ed? Is that a thing that's gonna happen? Are they mad at Big Ed for for releasing that? I have no idea, but I'm a little bit surprised because TLC loves Big Ed and a lot of us do not. So the fact that he's not really getting featured is interesting to me. We'll keep an eye out um, next week. I'll let you know if obviously anything happens there. But without any further ado, let's go to the last person on the list for tonight. And I say person, it's people because it's Jennifer, comma, Jesse. The two of them together. So we, they show it to us from the angle of Jennifer. Jennifer is the one that gets the Chiron of like, Oh, this is their chapter now. And Jennifer's at the airport waiting for Jesse. Jesse pulls up to the airport. He's landed now. And she mentions that she has high expectations for Jesse. She's so excited to see him and she can't wait. They've been planning this for a year. And then Jesse comes out and they, they embrace and they're both very happy. The music in the background is trying to make us feel like they're happy. And she tells us in confessional she wanted him to kiss her. He didn't do that. We later find out when they're on the car ride back to the hotel that Jesse tells us in a confessional that he's trying to be patient with the sexual chemistry. He wants to figure out what they are first, and he wants to – he doesn't want to rush it. He doesn't want to put a sexual connotation to the relationship kind of thing where he wants them to connect on a spiritual level like situation and then can come the sex and stuff like that. Whereas if you know who he's, you know, courting, it's Jennifer who literally told us last episode, the whole thing with Tim not being sexually engaging was frustrating for her. And she felt like she wasn't being loved. So she is now telling us also that she finds this very strange that Jesse's being distant with her clearly. Cause even in the, in the car ride back, um, they're not holding hands. They're not really close to each other. They're like sitting on left and right sides of the car. They're still being friendly, mind you. They're taking pictures and stuff. They're talking. So it's not like they're being completely disconnected, but Jesse's not doing any engagement there. And she is a little bit upset about this. And then she also tells us that, you know, obviously Jesse doesn't know this, but I was dating someone for the last year as well, who we met, uh, last week. And then the next time on for them, is very awkward because they're on this date. Jesse is wearing, and I can only describe this as like a bedazzled blue suit with like a blue, um, what is the word I'm looking for? No, um, bow tie. 
Thank you. It's a, it's a shiny blue bow tie that matches this bedazzled blue suit. And they're on this date and he doesn't like the food or the wine they have. And it's going to get a little awkward. I feel like so come back next week to find out what happens there. But that's it, folks. That is your coverage of 90 day fiance, the single life season two, episode two. We did it in about 20, 22 minutes. We'll take that as a win. But no, this is what you can expect moving forward. If the episodes are going to stay this short too, this is perfect because it allows me to give you a more detailed 20 minutes. Because my plan, my vision was to not go beyond 30 minutes for the single life portion. So if they give us 44 minutes, I can give you a nice detailed 20 minutes. Whereas if they gave us an hour and a half, I'm giving you a more truncated 20 minutes. So this is a win-win for everyone involved. You can find me on Twitter. Please let me know. Is it a blind date if you've seen pictures of the person beforehand or not? Um, you can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Puya. I'm doing a whole bunch of things there every week. Come through. Say hi. I would appreciate that. And the Mass Singer podcast. We're going to be on hiatus this week because the Mass Singer decided we're going to do reruns. But we'll be back next week to talk all about the final road to the finals of the Mass Singer season six. Until then, take care. Enjoy the destination. The Hot Mess Express has come to a halt for now. Catch you next week. Bye, everybody. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.